What if I could share with you the worst day of my professional life? Without fear of judgment or ridicule and without loss of respect. Could we learn together from my experience? Case Matters, a podcast series created for Australian dental practitioners, intends to do just that. To create a shared experience where all points of view are explored to help empower safer practice. Hello, my name's Dr. Annalene Weston, dental legal consultant at Dental Protection, and I'm going to guide you through today's case entitled, You Have Led Me Down a Path That's Cost Me Great Expense. All of the titles of Case Matters are genuine quotes from patient complaints that Dental Protection have assisted our members across the globe with, and with this in mind, let's proceed. Many parties became involved in this matter and everyone had an opinion, but which view was correct? All of them, or just some of them? And is there such a thing as the right point of view in this at all, or could it perhaps be that everyone's a little bit right and a little bit wrong? We'll hear from the people involved and also look at the final outcome to see what lessons can be learned. Miss West was partially dentate, with ill-fitting upper and lower partial dentures. She had a heavy restorative burden and she hated her teeth. Dr East was promoting a smile reconstruction package with a payment plan available and Ms West was very interested. I hate the dentist, but I hate my teeth more. The way they look and the way they feel. I think it'd be best to just have them all taken out and get those implant bridge things that I've seen on social media. Dr East does those, so I'm going to go and check it out. I'm worried about the cost, but this would be forever, so it's worth it. Any red flags for you there? How about for Dr East? Ms West presents with a heavy restorative burden. She has periodontally involved with posterior teeth and no premolars. At least her canines are in reasonable condition, but her anterior teeth are a patchwork of fillings. I know Ms West wants implant retained bridge work, but I just feel it's too aggressive a treatment plan for me. I think we should instead keep the teeth we can and consider bridge work, crowns and veneers. I think we can get a great outcome for Ms West this way. Do you think this sounds fair? Do you think this is what Ms West wants? Do you think Ms West even knows what she wants? What other issues should Dr East be considering or questions should he be asking? What if I tell you Ms West takes anxiolytic medication? Does this change your view? What if I go one step further and tell you that this medication dries her mouth and increases her parafunction? Does this impact or alter your opinion? What does Ms West think? I must say, the idea of keeping my own teeth is really appealing. I wasn't looking forward to having the surgery. I've watched some YouTube videos about it and it looked terrible. And this all seems to be about the same price and just as permanent. I didn't think my teeth were good enough to keep, but apparently they are. So let's just do it. The treatment was provided to Miss West as planned. Let's hear how they both felt it went. We did this case perfectly from start to finish. Digital smile design, crown lengthening, a combination of crowns, bridges and veneers. I was really pleased with the final outcome. It looks great. And I'm sure she is thrilled too. My teeth look amazing. No doubt, but I'm having a bit of trouble talking and eating and I feel like my mouth is over full of teeth. Hopefully I'm going to get used to it and I don't want to make a fuss as Dr East was so confident that it was right for me and that I've had an excellent outcome. I didn't want to speak up as it must just be me being a bit difficult. The deposit for this treatment was eye-watering and I'll be paying the balance off for at least three years. The practice has helped me with the forms for payment plan, which was good, I guess. 
I am so pleased with this outcome. It's inspirational. Ms West signed all my consent forms without question and she's agreed to me posting her case on social media. I'll get it uploaded now as it is such a transformation. It'll be great for business. Dr East uploaded the before and after photos and his posts received lots of attention. Disappointingly, some posters felt the need to make derisive comments about Miss West and her pre-treatment appearance. Dr East simply ignored those comments and responded only to the positive ones and those curious about his methodology. Is this case sitting comfortably with you? Everything seems to be going to plan, but is it? And what do you think is going to happen next? Miss West developed some sensitivity around her upper anterior teeth. She initially thought it related to the crowns and veneers being new as the teeth had been sore for a period after the preparation stage due to the crown lengthening that had been undertaken. Disaster then struck, with two of the anterior indirect restorations cracking. I was happy to see Ms West to replace her veneers as they were under warranty. I did, however, counsel her on the need for a splint as documented in her original quote. And I cautioned her I couldn't keep replacing her work if she did not take care of it. So if I needed a splint, then why wasn't I provided one straight away? I was not told I needed to book any more appointments other than my checkup on the day my crowns, bridges and veneers were glued in. I wasn't even offered a review. What if they hadn't been right? How would they have known? Maybe they're breaking because they are too big. I mean, they look amazing, but my teeth are about twice as long as they were before, and I do feel a bit like my teeth walk into the room before I do. They are the first thing people notice about me now, which is a bit uncomfortable, and I'm getting so much food caught around them. Maybe if they were smaller, it'd be less of a problem. I don't know. I'll just, I'll ask Dr East what he thinks. Ms West raised her concerns with Dr East at the splint insert appointment. They were not well received. Outrageous. How can she possibly say her teeth are too big now? We went through all of this and she signed off at every stage. She wasn't unhappy before, so why has she changed her mind? Because of the payment plan, probably. I've been burnt before by this, people having expensive plans and then not paying the entire balance, trying to create some issue to get a refund or avoid further payments. I reminded her about the form she signed and just left it at that. Do we think that did the trick at resolving Miss West's concerns? I really feel that Dr E spoke so rudely to me. As a paid customer, I have the right to raise my concerns. I felt he was very unkind and that he was hiding behind his forms. I almost felt like he was going to rub my nose in them. But then he's the professional and he seemed to think I was just being silly. I'm going to sleep on this, with a splint in apparently, and see how I feel in a few days. Maybe this is all I needed. Maybe I am being unreasonable. I don't know. It's just all so alien to me. Maybe this is normal, and I'm the one that's at fault. Miss West diligently used the splint, however, the pain around her anterior teeth did not dissipate. She ignored it at first, thinking she was breaking the splint in as one would a new pair of shoes, but the pain persisted. And she was also a little afraid to call the practice. Then disaster struck for Miss West for a second time, this time in the form of the upper left posterior bridge falling out. Miss West tried to book in with Dr East but was advised he had no appointments for her for two weeks. Miss West advised reception she could not carry on without back teeth on one side and pain in the front teeth but reception remained firm. She pleaded with them to talk to Dr East but they declined. 
Miss West searched around for someone who could see her and her friend from Pilates recommended Dr. North. Trepidatiously, she called and explained the situation and was advised that Dr. North kept emergency slots free every day and was duly scheduled that afternoon. Dr. North assessed Miss West and found the following. Miss West has had a lot done to her teeth. Full mouth reconstruction, one could call it, with an indirect restoration on every tooth. Examination revealed that the upper left posterior bridge, which spanned from 2.3 to 2.7, has decoronated both teeth. I had a look at the rest of her mouth and note that while the bridge on the right-hand side has a shorter span of 1.6 to 1.3, I'm a bit worried about the 1.6 which has bone loss below the furcation on the X-ray, and I can indeed probe the furcation in her mouth. X-rays also show that the upper centrals both have periapical lesions and are non-responsive to vitality testing. Miss West reports that they have been quite painful. The lower teeth are in a slightly better condition, but we have a hodgepodge of restorations with overhangs and open margins. And in a patient who already has a compromised periodontium, I just don't feel these are good long-term restorations for Miss West. To be honest, this case is very complex, and I'm unsure why a GDP would take it on. The teeth appear to have already been very compromised before the crown and bridge work was placed. And Miss West's periodontium is not in great condition, so we're not building on solid foundations. Her mouth is very dry and a note from her medical history that she takes the medications that do cause this. She is also on anxiety medication and I know the one she takes increases perifunction. Her TMJ was very sore when I examined her and she tells me that she feels overfull of teeth. I can't help but wonder if she has been overopened, and I'm not sure that she can tolerate it. I apologise that I couldn't re-cement the bridge and took impressions for an upper partial in acrylic to tide her over, while she waits to see the specialist endodontist and prosthodontist, because I think we need to hear what they have to say. This would be a lot of information for anyone to digest. Let's hear Miss West's view. I can't believe after all this time in the chair and all of those needles and all of this money, I am back in a denture. Dr. North was really apologetic. At least he doesn't want me to leave without my teeth, unlike Mr. Rolling in my money up the road. I'm appalled. He wouldn't even see me. The first thing I'm going to do is stop my payment plan while I found out what's going on. Not least because I shouldn't have to pay for that bridge as it's in Dr. North's bin right now. Miss West emailed the practice to advise them she was stopping her payment plan. She was sent a very abrupt email the following day advising her to recommence payments or be sent to debt collection. Miss West did not, and Dr East quickly became aware of the issue. An apparent problem with the bridge is the reason she is refusing to make any payments, apparently. But she hasn't made an appointment to get it sorted, I noticed. I tried to give her a call to get this all cleared up, but had to leave a voicemail. I told her to stop messing about and make sure she was wearing a splint, come in and see me to get the bridge sorted and make her contracted payments. Stop messing about? Oh, I'll stop messing about, all right, starting with a letter of complaint. Dear Dr East, firstly, how dare you be so rude to me over that voicemail? I'm disgusted that you would take that tone with me. I will most certainly not be recommencing the payments and I will require a full refund of all previously paid monies within seven days. I have seen another practitioner and they have advised me that most, if not all of the work that you have done is substandard and needs specialist attention. I cannot believe that I trusted you and I cannot believe that you tried to blame this on me. 
and said I was having problems because I was not wearing a splint that you'd not scheduled for me to have. I note that I'd already paid for it and cannot help but feel this whole exercise was a money grab by you. It makes me wonder what else I've been charged for that I have not received. You have led me down the path that has cost me great expense and ignored my concerns, gaslighting me into believing that I was somehow at fault. You are a bully and an ugly human being. Do what's right and give me my money and learn from this and we'll consider the matter closed. Any letter of complaint feels personal, particularly when it involves an amount of name calling or shines a mirror on us and casts back a reflection of our behaviour which is hard to see, as it did in this case. Dr East was incredibly affronted to be called a bully and after googling what gaslighting was, doubly so. He brooded for over a week and then when the payments did not recommence, contacted debt collectors regarding Miss West's outstanding account. Miss West responded by making a notification to the regulator. By this stage, she'd been assessed by an endodontist, a periodontist, and a prosthodontist, and had reports regarding the significant remediation that she required. Dr. East called Dental Protection to seek advice and spoke with Anita Kemp, case manager. Anita, could you run through your assessment of the matter, please? Certainly, Annaline. On face value, the treatment plan was appropriate and treatment can and will fail for a variety of reasons. However, we didn't need to scratch far below the surface to find a series of vulnerabilities for Dr. East, starting with the consent process. Dr. East had relied on a standardised consent form that contains a variety of risks and warnings for a variety of procedures, including implants. Regretfully, he had not followed his usual practice of crossing out those sections that were unrelated to the specific patient, essentially rendering the consent form useless. I counsel Dr East that while a generic and all-purpose consent form can seem like a time-saver, we have seen these forms criticised by the regulator in the past, and in all fairness to the patient, they can be very busy and difficult to follow. Dr East acknowledged this. There were issues with the pre-treatment assessment also, as there were no assessment of our comment regarding periodontium, limited pre-treatment imaging, and no consideration of the underlying occlusion and parafunction. This means that the treatment provider was in many ways doomed to fail, as Ms West proved not to be suitable candidate for the treatment. I also have no doubt that Dr East is going to be criticised for failing to offer referral to a specialist. Dr East did not take the feedback particularly well, as his perception of the treatment varied greatly from mine. We then moved on to look at the events following the treatment and the patient raising her concerns. On review of Dr East's social media posts, I had concerns regarding where they would sit in the social media guidance from the dental board, as there was a mix of personal and professional posts, including some commentary on his views on vaccination and government's funding for certain groups. The post about Ms West's treatment was also troubling as some incredibly derogatory comments had been made about her teeth, and while her privacy had not been breached, there is no doubt that she would have been deeply upset by the comments made. Dr East had selectively and professionally responded to some posts, but had left the derisive rhetoric commentary unchecked. As the poster of the comment, he does of course retain some responsibility for the comments that follow the post. Finally, failure to provide Ms West with a planned and paid-for splint assess her when she had contacted with post-operative issues, the questionable voicemail, and then sending her to the debt collector when she raised concerns about her care will not be viewed favourably by the regulator. Thanks, Anita. How then should Dr East respond to this notification? In reflective fashion, Annaline, as you're aware, 
The regulator encourages reflection, and based on the number of vulnerabilities for Dr East, from pre-treatment all the way through to post-treatment management of issues, Dr East would be best placed to not ride tall in a saddle and acknowledge these early, perhaps undertaking some preemptive CPD. Regretfully, Dr East chose not to follow the advice provided by Dental Protection and submitted his own response, which was far from insightful. The regulator assessed the matter and responded as follows. The board has identified several deficiencies in the pre-treatment assessment of this patient, the consent process and the management of her post-operative issues. Further, Dr. East has breached the code of conduct in relation to his interactions with Ms. West. Through the leaving of an inappropriate voicemail, ignoring her complaint and the management of the social media post of a treatment. His social media presence and behavior towards Ms. West raise concerns about his professionalism and whether he is a fit and a proper person to be in the position of trust granted to a dental practitioner. Based on this, the board has formed a reasonable belief that Dr. East's performance is below the standard expected of a dental practitioner and amounts to unsatisfactory professional performance. Due to the depth and breadth of concerns, Dr. East is directed to attend a performance assessment that will include but not be limited to case assessment, medical histories, periodontal diagnosis, consent, treatment planning and radiographic assessment. Following the outcome of this, the board will make final decision regarding the status of Dr. East's registration. Dr. East was devastated. This had not all played out as he'd expected. He was then hit by a second blow when he received a statement of claim from a law firm containing a highly critical expert report regarding the work he'd provided and demanding a significant compensatory payment. He contacted Dental Protection and Anita assisted him through both processes ultimately settling Miss West's claim out of court. Anita, I'm going to ask you to provide us with some final thoughts on the matter, please. Thanks, Annalene. Risk management has many moving parts, including how we assess our patients, the treatment we, in agreement with the patients, choose to provide to them, and how and the way we communicate with them, both through the conversation of consent and also our post-treatment discussions, particularly if they don't go to plan. As you're aware, communicating well with the patient in the first instance could have given Dr. East the opportunity to work directly with Ms. West and resolve her concerns. This would have led to significantly less heartache on both of their parts. Dr. East passed the performance assessment with flying colours, as knowledge and technical ability were not the key issues here. In many ways, Dr. East was blinded by his own ability and had become the victim of his own success. The requirement for a performance assessment shocked him and led him to put away his hubris and acknowledge that on this occasion had not performed to the professional standard expected of him by the regulator or by himself. The board accepted that Dr East met the required technical standard. However, they placed conditions of a board-appointed mentor on Dr East for a minimum of 12 months to have comfort that he would have a sounding board for his professionalism and that the public were appropriately protected. We were able to resolve the legal matter swiftly and simply and Ms. West now has a functioning dentition. That's good news indeed, Anita. Thank you, and thank you all for listening. I do hope you enjoyed this edition of Case Matters. What will you take away from this case? We'd love to hear. 
The cases discussed in Case Matters are presented as an educational aid to dental protection members and to act as a risk management tool. They're based on issues arising in dental protection cases in Australia and some facts have been altered to preserve confidentiality. If you like dental protection podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.